Hi, this is Dr. Linda Mintel. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Our website is filled with more encouraging interviews, all accessible at MyFaithRadio.com. And welcome to the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mintel, the relationship doctor, and I'm here along with my co-host, the other Dr. Mintel, my husband, Norm. And every weekend we're here, we're doing life together, and we're so glad you've joined us. Norm? Norm, are you ready? We're, Norm, we're on the air. Just a second. Just, what are I gotta, you doing? I, I got to finish this email. It came last week. Oh. I ignored it. I have to get it done right now. Just a second. Well, then you're really going to like our topic today. Uh, Procrastination is our topic. (laughs) Why do we do it? How do we stop it? Now, you and I have a lot of issues, right? (laughs) Well, let's just admit we're like everybody in the world, right? We have a lot of issues. But both of us are pretty good, honestly, at not procrastinating. But Norm, there are so many people who struggle with this. And when you're an organized person and you get things done on time, living or working with a procrastinator can cause a lot of tension in conflict. Oh my goodness. So if you struggle <laughs> with procrastination or if you live or work with someone known for that and you're very frustrated, we hope this is going to be a helpful show for you. So let's start with defining our topic. What exactly is procrastination? It's pretty simple. It's just putting off things that you should be focusing on right now, usually in favor of doing something that's more enjoyable mm. Or that you're more comfortable doing, or perhaps because you want to avoid an unpleasant task. So according to psychologist Professor Clary Lay, have you ever heard of the name Clary? Clary, C-L-A-R-R-Y. Sounds Irish. Does it? I yeah, don't know. I, that was I a new no name idea. for me. I learn stuff when I do this show. But he's <laughs> a prominent writer on the subject of procrastination. And he says that it occurs when there's a temporal gap between intended behavior and enacted behavior. Meaning? A significant time period between when people intend to do a job and when they actually do it. A lot of people intend to do things, right? Right. But when they actually get it done, <laughs> get that's it, where the procrastination yeah. Yeah, comes from. And as and of interest to me related to procrastination is that we see higher rates of depression, hmm. anxiety, and lower well-being in people who struggle with this. So this is not a helpful habit. We now know what procrastination is, and we have 10 questions that will help determine if someone might be a procrastinator. Let's get started with those. Well, the number one question is, when deadlines approach, do you find yourself wasting time and doing other things? Hmm. Question number two, when you have something difficult to do, do you tell yourself it's better to wait until you feel more inspired? Question three, when planning a meeting, do you wait until the last minute? Number four, do you return emails or phone calls promptly? Five, do you waver on making decisions? Or six, do you often delay starting a task? Seven, do you find yourself saying, ah, I can do it tomorrow? Number eight, do you fill in your day with low-priority tasks from your to-do list? Number nine, reading emails several times a day without starting to work on them or deciding what you're going to do with them. Is that something you do? 
And number 10, do you wait for the <laughs> right mood or the right time to tackle important tasks at hand? So hopefully those will give you some idea as you answer those questions, whether or not procrastination may be an issue for you. Now that we know what it is and possibly how to identify the problem, let's talk about the cause for procrastination. There are lots of reasons for, that people do this. They can be very different and they can be different for different people. So a few of the possibilities that could create a habit of doing this. And I think, Norm, that's more what we're talking about, is when this becomes a habit and really starts to get in the way of getting things done. But one of the biggest ones is if you have to do something that's really unpleasant and you try to avoid it. And most jobs have unpleasant kind of attributes with them. They're boring. Uh, sometimes the best way of dealing with these really is to just do it, get it done, and get it over with quickly. So then you can focus on more enjoyable aspects of the job. And I can relate to this one because it would be very easy for me to procrastinate grading. I have to do grading every month <laughs> uh, for the medical students when they're on their rotations. Right. And it's a really tedious task because the grades are long. It takes me a long time. And a lot of times I'll do one. I'll go, okay, I think I could do something else. What else could I do? But then I just, I kind of gear myself up and I go, okay, just do another one. Get it done. Do another one. Get it done. At the end of this, I'll be so glad when it's over with. That's how I can relate to that. Another cause is that people are just disorganized, may not be intentional, but it's an organization problem. And we know people where this is clearly the case, good hearted. They mean well, but organization just gets to them. And this is where prompts and notifications on your phone and coaching can help people. Well, that's true. And, and they do. And at times, even if you're organized, you can feel overwhelmed by the task. And I've seen this in therapy. So the key here is to break it down into small steps, not try to bite off the whole thing at one time. You know, I was surprised to find out that even perfectionists can be procrastinators because they often tend to think, I don't have the right skills or the resources to do this perfectly right now. So I'm just not going to do it at all. Yeah, and several of my patients used to get stuck in this. They procrastinated because they didn't feel they could do it perfectly at the time. So rather than getting it done, they just put it off. Sometimes you just have to be realistic and just keep moving forward. When we have a lot to do, we can't always spend the time on everything that we want to uh, do and then get it done just right. I mean, if I did that, I probably wouldn't get half of my stuff done. No, that's true. Here's another reason why sometimes people procrastinate. Sometimes they just have underdeveloped decision-making skills. If you simply can't decide what to do, you're likely to put off action in case you do the wrong thing. And think of all the times we aren't sure, and we just don't act because mm -hmm. of that. That's right. If that becomes a pattern, you need to go back to the pros and cons of a decision, pray for wisdom, and then just make a decision, do the best you can. Here's another. Giving in to the moment. By that, we mean a short-term pleasure to avoid long-term tasks. Think American culture. Feel good now, put off the tough stuff, or better yet, don't even deal with it. I know, that's a big one, don't you think, in our culture? So easy. And then procrastination can really be tied to impulsivity. When we're stressed, the impulsive person becomes anxious and avoids dealing with the stressor. So the person does something else other than the task at hand. And all of that just creates more distress in the long run. <laughs> well, I think what we're saying here is that there are a lot of reasons for procrastination. We've mentioned a few of the consequences. But what are more consequences that we face when we procrastinate? 
Of course, you know, I'm going to begin with the mental health consequences. Of course. (laughs) Because from a mental health perspective, it is difficult. One big one is high levels of anxiety related to the stress that this causes. You can feel anxious and depressed, and you know you're letting yourself and other people down, and this can lead to feelings of guilt and shame and frustration and sadness. To your point, in one survey, for example, 94% of people indicated that procrastination has a negative effect on their happiness. Hmm. And 18% indicated that this effect is extremely negative. Similarly, when students were asked how they felt about procrastinating, 80% of their responses were categorized as negative students. Yeah. So they don't like it, but we but still do, do it. it. I know, I know. We, it's it's one of those things where we we know it's better for us not to. I, I'm just not surprised by any of that because when you procrastinate, you just don't feel good about yourself, right? right. And you usually know that you're letting other people right. down. And you and I both see the impact of procrastination on academic performances, worse exam scores, grades, course failures, Students needing to withdraw from a course because they didn't get the work done, in some cases, even dropping out of school entirely. Mm -hmm. I hear the college students talk about how mad they are in group projects when someone procrastinates and isn't pulling their weight, and then they all get a bad grade. I know, and that feels really unfair to the student. I was also thinking about missing scholarship deadlines or deadlines of any kind that could help you academically, as so much of schooling depends on getting things done on time. (laughs) So there are major consequences at school. But what about our physical health? Well, if you procrastinate taking care of your body, then that can lead to poor habits and then problems in your physical health. So getting to bed on time, eating better, exercise, all of those reduce stress and make you feel better. Right. And in terms of the workforce and having a job, people who procrastinate typically, are you ready? earn a lower salary. They have shorter periods of employment and have a higher likelihood of unemployment or underemployment throughout life. And we know that if you procrastinate on paying your bills or never save for emergencies or for retirement, you're creating a lot of financial problems. And and let's talk about how this also impacts relationships. Of course, all the things we have mentioned create relationship stress and conflict. Co-workers can get mad that you don't do your part on work assignments in a timely way. We just mentioned that the school peers don't like it when you don't participate on time in a group. Family members can get upset when you show up late for events that you're supposed to attend together. And your partner can be frustrated when you postpone help around the house. You don't get things done on time. This is when you really need to figure out what is behind the procrastination because it can cause a lot of ongoing relationship conflict. I remember friends of ours who the guy would always show up late, always yeah. show up late. And I remember one time his father-in-law had had enough and he took him aside and he said, let me explain to you, you're disrespecting your family, you're disrespecting your children, and you're disrespecting yourself. Show up on time. I don't know if it worked or not. I wonder not. if he did. Yeah, I wonder if he <laughs> but did. But it was a really good it was a really good pep talk. I don't think we really think about when we're struggling with procrastination for all the reasons we talked about. You know, you you want to avoid something unpleasant, you really don't want to do it, then you don't feel like doing it. Other things are distracting you. But I don't think that we think how serious 
that affects the people around us and how frustrated they get with us when we're not pulling our weight and not doing the things that we need to do to make a family work or to make a school group work or to make a, a group of coworkers, you know, finish a project. I think we have to think about the consequences of those relationships and what's happening there. Well, I think we've given everyone more than enough reasons to deal with procrastination or to help their loved ones deal with it as well. When we come back, I hope we can look for solutions to help break this habit of procrastination. We'll be right back with more of the Dr. Linda Mental Show right after this short break. Is every spare minute of your life filled with some activity, event, or demand? If so, you could be suffering from a very common American disease. It's called overcommitment, and it has seeped into every area of our lives. I'm Dr. Linda, the relationship doctor, and yes, I'll admit it, I've fallen prey to overcommitment in my life just like I imagine you have. Saying no occasionally is the best defense against overcommitment. But if it's too late and you're already overcommitted, here's a little tip to help you make it through. In the busiest days, you can still stop and take five just for yourself. When your heart is racing and your thoughts are whirling inside your head, your effectiveness just plummets. But if you'll pause right in the middle of all the hubbub, maybe close your eyes, breathe deeply, and remind yourself that the current task will be completed, you'll feel an immediate sense of relief. Then you can head back into the job at hand with renewed focus and energy. And when the next chance comes to overcommit, it comes your way, you can work on your priorities by just saying, hey, no. Welcome back to the Dr. Linda Mental Show. Just a quick reminder that you can follow Dr. Linda on her social media, Twitter and Instagram, at drlindamental, and on Facebook at Dr. Linda Mental, author and speaker. You can also listen to our podcast on myfaithradio.com or your favorite podcast platform like iTunes. Just search Dr. Linda Mental Podcast or go to myfaithradio.com. Well, before the break, Linda, we were talking about procrastination, and we talked a lot about causes and problems. I want to find some solutions. Where do we start? We can begin with something, Norm, we call chunking. I know you've heard of this because you're in education, but all this means is breaking things up into small, doable parts that we call chunks. So a chunk of something. When you look at a task, especially an unpleasant one, it can be very overwhelming. But if you just take a step towards it or you do something small, a little chunk of it, then you feel less overwhelmed by it. So ask yourself, what one thing can I do to get started? And tell yourself you don't have to do it all at once, but this usually means you have to give yourself enough time to break the task down into different chunks. That makes sense. Sounds like time management is very important here. Working backward and asking yourself, how much time is it going to take for me to do the entire thing? And then allowing yourself enough time to do one small part. Is that it? That's it. This certainly is going to help avoid the panic that comes with last minute trying to get something done. I mean, it is a time management strategy. It's exactly what we're talking about. And in that process, you take breaks, you do a chunk, so it doesn't feel like you're on a marathon, right, to get it Mm -hmm. done. For example, let's just say you have to clean a room that is filled with clutter. You look at the room, it feels overwhelming. But if you clean one thing every day, eventually you will get the entire room decluttered. And this makes it more doable and it takes the stress off of you. We mentioned this earlier, but let's talk more about how the perfectionist can deal with this. Well, let's say you have a deadline and you need to turn in a report. 
when you're a perfectionist, drafts are your friend. Drafts allow you to get something down on paper and get started with it. And because it's a draft, it's not the finished project. So you don't have to worry about it being perfect at that point. But it does allow you to keep revising until you run out of time and then you actually have to submit something. And at some point, you have to adopt the, okay, that's good enough or as good as I can get it, given everything else that I need to do, that type of attitude, and you have completed the task. Yeah, but you're not saying settle for mediocrity, right? No. No, okay. No, no. Instead, I think we should do our best in the time that we have. Right. That's what I'm hearing you right. say. There has to be a level of acceptance given everything else going on in your life. Not everything can be done to absolute perfection. Yeah. And see, that's the difference of just not doing it at all and, mm-hmm. and saying, I'm not going to do it. That's why I say do a draft or do a some type of a just get something down, get something done, and then figure out how you're going to fix it a little bit later. All right. Let's think about the two main reasons why we procrastinate one more time. So usually it's because something's unpleasant or you might be thinking, oh, I'm not going to do a good job. Well, yes, it probably will be unpleasant, but we have to learn to tolerate doing unpleasant things. That's just part of life, Mm -hmm. right? Not everything we do is fun and exciting. That's right. And you can't always do your best. That's just not realistic unless you have all the time in the world. So the point here is just get started. Which also means, it seems to me, that you have to give yourself permission to try something And know that you might make a mistake. Yes. And not everything we do always works. It doesn't always work out, but we learn from trying. We don't really learn anything from procrastinating. Mm, Good point. How about making space, sometimes even physical space, to do something? If you have a comfortable desk to read at, silencing notifications on your phones, set up tasks for success, use alarms and reminders, boy, those help me, to come back to your task. Yeah, I have a lot of lists. A lot of to-do lists. That's my reminders. But I like all of those ideas. They all have to do with accountability. And accountability can be electronic or it can be a person who can help you and encourage you to just do it. Remember how many nights we worked with our kids and we would say, remember this? Let's just get it over with and do it so you can enjoy the night or you can enjoy the weekend. Kids and adults need that type of encouragement and they need that push to get the unpleasant and the boring things done. And it sounds like the weekend is a reward. So is that good, rewarding yourself for doing something that is unpleasant or you don't want to do? I think that's a great idea. You can even make up your own rewards. For example, you can promise yourself a gourmet coffee at the end of it or a walk in the park when you've completed a certain task and take um, any moment and enjoy how good it feels to finish things. I mean, just savor that moment. It's done. It's over. I did it. <laughs> you know, Yay. that kind of thing. Celebrate yeah. it. Yeah, right. exactly. Okay. Well, from a psychological from a psychological perspective, is there anything else we can do to help get things done? I think identifying the unpleasant consequences of not doing the task and maybe stay focused on that. Sometimes people get a little motivated from the bad things that are going to happen. Right. Well, that's, yes. I, I get that. It's kind of like the punishment side. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, I like to do it on a more positive view if I can. But sometimes if you say, if I don't get it done, this and this and this is going to happen to me, and that's not going to be a pleasant thing, that might motivate you a little bit to do it. Spiritually, we also know there's accountability. In Hebrews twelve eleven says, for the moment... All discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it, by discipline. Yeah, this verse reminds us that 
Not all good things for us are pleasant to do, but part of our discipline and part of having a better life. And I think that message is almost lost in American culture because hmm. we just want to enjoy everything that we do. And it takes discipline to do what you need to do. Don't you think that sometimes there's a spirit of fear that can be associated when we procrastinate? When fear is at the root of procrastinating, that is not an emotion, again, from God. And so we need to overcome it through prayer, through trusting God. And remember the very familiar verse in 2 Timothy 1.7, God doesn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and self-discipline. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. And if you're worried that you might fail or not do something right, the Bible speaks to that as well, as most learning is done by doing. You know, we can look at Abraham in the Bible. He obeyed God. He left his home. He went to another land. He didn't overthink it. He didn't procrastinate for a hundred probably good reasons. Mm -hmm. I mean, if God had asked me to do that, I would have been (laughs) thinking about a whole bunch of reasons why this might not be a good idea. But he went into the unknown and he trusted God, learning as he went, because he knew this is what God wanted for him. You know, in our own lives, sometimes we have learned that we have to step out in faith and trust God to lead and direct us. If we feel led by His Spirit, we have to obey that leading. Mm -hmm. Tomorrow isn't promised to any of us, so we have to take steps, the steps that we need to make today work. God calls us to be good stewards of our time, and making the most of that time that we're given here on earth is doing what He's calling us to Yeah, so listen to this in Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Now, I've read that verse many times in my life, and I never really thought about that in relation to procrastination. But if you think about what the Lord is saying is, Think about how you're living, how you're using every opportunity. If you're sitting around and you're waiting for the right time, the right mood, maybe the right amount of money, maybe that isn't always the best use of your time. And sometimes we just have to move out in faith. Well, it also seems to suggest to me that the Lord's will— at the end of that sentence, mm-hmm. goes back to being wise, not unwise. That's right. And when we make the most of every opportunity— We're being wise. If laziness is at the heart of your procrastination, here is a good reason to act from Proverbs 6, 9 through 11. How long will you lie there, you sluggard? Boy, that's rough. Wow, (laughs) that's a rough word. (laughs) When will you get up from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. And then poverty will come upon you like a thief and scarcity like an armed man. Wow. That speaks to the consequences of not being a good steward with our time and our energy. Mm -hmm. That's pretty strong. The Proverbs have some really strong words in them when you read them. Solomon cut us no slack. That's right. He was the wise person, right? (laughs) So here are a few more verses from Proverbs. A slack hand causes poverty, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. The soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing, while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. Wow. And another, in all toil meaning work, there is profit, but mere talk tends only to poverty. The sluggard does not plow in the autumn. He will seek at harvest and have nothing. 
There's a lot of references to sluggard in there, isn't there? Well, I know, that's a rough word. I know. Well, let these verses encourage you to take action today. I hope we've helped you with maybe a few strategies to get you to be more productive and less frustrated in your relationships. Right after this show, why don't you go do something that you've put off earlier in the week or earlier in the day? You might try that strategy of chunking. Just take one step towards making something better. If you start today and you start with something small, you will feel better. Then cherish that feeling. Wow. I like this. We found this prayer online for procrastination. Should we end with it? I think so. All right. Heavenly Father, I'm struggling to motivate myself for the task ahead. I feel so weak and tired. I don't feel that I can achieve it. The mountains ahead of me just seem too high. But Lord, you have not given me a spirit of fear, but of love, of power, and a sound, well-balanced mind. I draw upon the spirit of strength and discipline that you have bestowed upon me. I know that I can do all things through you who gives me strength. Amen. Now go out there and do the work you need to do. That's all the time we have today. Many thanks to our producer and my co-host, Norm Mintel, who makes this show a conversation, and our technical producer, Katie Sims. From all of us here at Faith Radio, hey, we'll talk to you again next weekend. In the meantime, remember, we're doing life together, and it's better when you don't have to do it alone. Well, thanks for listening to this conversation from the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. These podcasts are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and helping us grow the impact of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Also, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player, and you'll never miss a show.